0: Hello, I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemmaire International Podcast, where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemware International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hey, Dirk, always a pleasure to talk to you. And today it's about teamwork, but why would we even need to talk about this? Isn't teamwork the normal way we do things? Who out
1: there would say that teamwork is not a good thing? Who would not want to have teamwork? Yeah, Christian. There are a lot of cliches when it comes to teamwork. Things like teamwork makes the dream work, and and the term and the idea comes really from the world of sports. And it's a group of players competing against other teams. And we, especially in North America, we we like our sports analogies. Uh, we we like to talk about moving the goalpost when someone changes the bonus plan, or we may warn that a certain venture isn't a slam dunk, or even throwing a hail mary pass when we make a last ditch effort to save a customer from going over to uh, the competition. And so, so a team um, and sports like a, it seems like a very good way to talk about what's going on in business because it is competitive. Uh, we want our people to be focused. We want them to be motivated to win and we also want them to play fair.
0: Dirk, that sounds good to me and it's definitely something I see and hear a lot. So with that said and how common it is, where do you see the problem?
1: Yeah, I think we overlook uh, two things. So first of all, not everything is best done by by a team. Sometimes it's just better for one person to concentrate and get something done. So think about a computer programmer, a writer, or even a fashion designer. They will seek a lot of input from others, but they will do their best work alone. Um, And the second point is this, and maybe the more important uh, point is in other instances, teamwork is super necessary and people don't realize it. They may not even know that they're on a team. And that can be quite disastrous, actually. Wow,
0: disastrous. That's a, a strong word there. So can you tell me more about this?
1: Yeah, in, in, in most organizations, people think of their team as their work unit, the people who report to the same boss, that would be the team captain or, or the coach. And so maybe you're part of a sales team or a finance team, and that, that's very intuitive. But if you think about accomplishing certain goals, these are not the people with whom you play the game. To win your specific game, you may need people and expertise from different parts of the company, and you may need outsiders as well. So often this is even an inside-outside kind of team, and it's not found in the organization chart.
0: Okay, Dirk, that makes a lot of sense, but I think we need to cut through the jargon a bit. It's sounding a little, a little bit abstract, so can you give us a practical example?
1: Sure, Uh, take the building of the Tesla Giga plant in Germany, for example, this was a huge undertaking. It was completed in record time, two years and four months and and truly a big accomplishment. By comparison and and reference the New Berlin Airport, another high profile project in Germany, took 14 years to build, which was a nine year delay from the initial plan of five years. And, And so if you have a project like this, You need, of course, like site planning people, all kind of engineers and construction crews. But then you also need people who deal with the many government departments who get involved, like safety inspectors or land use restriction uh, departments. And and then come the the local citizens. They're concerned about traffic and environmental impacts. Uh, You may have to deal with trade unions and and, and so on. And so, so you need a diverse team to deal with all of this and some of those people in your company may come from head office others are local they may even have different uh, opinions you will have outside lawyers consultants other experts and these people need to be well coordinated and pull in the same direction and and the point here is this these people are not part of the same department or work unit they come from different departments they have different bosses. And and sometimes they sit in different uh, countries. But that's the team who's playing the game. In fact, I would say that is a true team in the sense of uh, the word. Okay, Dirk,
0: that's very clear. I think we have a lot to work with and very helpful example. But the reality is not a lot of us here, I think listening are building gigafactories or other major projects on that scale. So let me ask, does what you're describing, does that really
1: matter for our day-to-day work? Sure. Let me let me take an example, Christian, of a deal negotiation. So take a situation where the salespeople have won a big and important order for, for the company, but now we still need some payment terms, maybe, or legal fine fine print. And why we maybe just best leave this to the lawyers or accountants sometime time to, to sort out. More often, we will need teamwork. The salespeople will need to keep the customer happy while the lawyers are argue over the, the, the contract clause. And we may need some product experts to help us with a the, with the warranty or the finance people uh, figure out a price concession or some, some payment, payment terms. And, and so, so I believe that this negotiation will be most effective if all these people who have different bosses still work together as a team. They will play and win together. They will drive the deal over the goal line as a team, so to speak.
0: Dirk, that is very clear and definitely very helpful. And I think a little more relatable to our audience here makes sense. The, The team's makeup is dependent upon the project or the task that we are trying to accomplish. And so thinking about various examples, we can have multiple teams working together on one team at the same time. In my own life, thinking of an example, I sit on an advisory board for a college, and while it's not a gigafactory, we did have a building renovation project. And that's where I saw this firsthand, where you had not only finance people and architectural people working together, you also had the administration and the faculty, and of course, even student concerns, all working together on this project. And it worked best when they were communicating and seeking their objective as a team, despite being made up of various groups of different people with different sets of expertise. But with that said, teams can be quite eclectic. What's the next thing we need to know about teamwork?
1: Yeah, so the next thing we need to know is really knowing who is in charge. And mm-hmm. since the team is often an in informal of work unit, it's not always obvious who is the boss, right? And with that, two things can happen. The first one is too many people want to take the lead and they start quibbling over who is in charge. And it could even be a bit of a turf world in an organization. Or we have the the the, the opposite that like no one is in charge of the whole thing and everybody just wants to do their thing as per their job descriptions.
0: Right, that sounds definitely like a problem. Probably a problem many of us have seen firsthand. So, how do we solve this?
1: Yeah. So, so uh, f- first of all, for for any kind of big project or important project, we, we will need senior management uh, support, but, but while that is essential, that doesn't mean that the highest paid person on the team uh, automatically makes the best team captain, actually mm. quite uh, far from it. Um, and so the team or whoever sponsors the project must decide who's best positioned to take the lead here. So who has the biggest stake, who is closest to the issue? who has the right resources, and who has the right skill and experience. And and one more important question is, who can focus with the required level of attention? And senior managers are, in many cases, not the best task force leaders. While taking charge may come naturally to them, they're also easily distracted. They have many other priorities. They often lack the required appreciation for the detail. And leading a team is, is hard work.
0: Right Dirk. That, that again makes sense. And I can imagine many of the conversations that might come up relating to who takes charge. So think about the perhaps the worst case scenario, what happens when no one takes charge?
1: Yeah, that, that really is the worst case scenario. And, and that's why so many projects can linger and even, even fail. So, so we need to put somebody in charge. And if we don't, that really is a, a management a failure. But a leadership gap can also be an opportunity. And as we have seen, it's not always the best subject matter expert or the highest part person who are the right people to lead the team effort. And so that's why this can be a bit of an opportunity for someone to step forward. And often people will be thankful if somebody does.
0: Mm. Dirk, I always clue in when you mention the word opportunity. And here you're speaking about an opportunity to step forward in this context. How would I do something like that?
1: Christian, yeah, let, me, let me give you an example. A few years back, I was on a flight from uh, Toronto to Washington, and we had an emergency uh, landing, and that included taking the chutes out of the airplane, so a bit of a wow. scary experience yeah. uh, uh, right, right, right there, but, but thankfully uh, nothing, nothing uh, bad happened, and so they took us on a bus back to the airport. Building and then they brought the plane around and now we had to retrieve our our uh, coats and and carry-on luggage from the plane because you're not allowed to take that down the chute, as I as I as I learned and so so the airline uh, sent somebody to retrieve our luggage and we realized here's one person uh, supposedly going on the airplane getting out of that luggage and when when we say well can we get our own luggage I said no you cannot you have to be a, an airline employee otherwise you're not allowed on the plane and that was you know a crazy situation right there and then somebody from the passenger stepped forward and uh, said we will now deputize uh, people here to be airline employees for 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 that project and if it deputize them then they are entitled to get on the plane and you know everyone is looking at each other and then the airline employee said oh okay that sounds like a good idea and, and so th- that person then deputized a few people who then uh, helped with retrieving, the luggage. And so this is what I saw firsthand what it looks like when somebody steps up and, and takes leadership was, was just amazing. And we all got our stuff back, uh, thankfully.
0: Wow, that that is definitely quite the story, Dirk. And me thinking about it now, I don't know what's scarier, the thought of an emergency landing or the thought of one person unloading all the luggage before I could get my stuff. But we'll, we'll leave that there. That's the stuff of movies. And Being the stuff of movies, that is quite the dramatic example. So maybe you could just back up a little bit. What does this this stepping forward look like in an everyday context?
1: Yeah, so so you, you you're right. You don't want to be quite as dramatic or, or grandstanding, and and so instead of saying, "Hey, please appoint me as a team captain," you can just volunteer and saying, "Hey, maybe I can help coordinate or support the effort better." Uh, and and maybe you take it upon yourself to to call a a meeting with some of the key players and and just discuss who does what and help create a bit of a a, a plan. And and so uh, instead of playing around with the org chart, it's really that we have people say, "Hey, let's discuss what's needed and what what it takes." to get the job done. And that really what we uh, call taking initiatives. And that's what you see uh, in startups. That That's where these things kind of come naturally. And we, we would need something like this in larger companies um, as well. And, and so once you have maybe a bit of an initial idea, you can go to your boss and say, hey, can I help taking the lead with this X, Y, Z, uh, Project, I would not recommend running off uh, on your own and certainly not, uh, not too far and a lot will depend on the culture of your organization. But one thing I think that would be probably helpful everywhere is just ask the question, who is in charge? ask the question, should we nominate somebody to lead or coordinate the effort or task force or whatever we we, we call it? And and as we discussed, Christian, in a a previous podcast, sometimes asking the right questions can be an effective way to get people focused on a better outcome.
0: Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. And thank you for making that practical. I can... uh... Uh, think back to how I've seen this play out in PhD seminars where we're often assigned group work. And the worst thing is where you have a bunch of bright people who are eager to work, but you have different ideas. Nobody wants to step on each other's toes and nothing gets done as you struggle to figure out where to start and where to get going. And it's always so wonderful when someone speaks up and takes the initiative and says, let's do this. And then everyone gets to work. So taking the lead, taking initiative or asking those questions, that could really be what exactly a team needs to get where they need to be. So, so far, just a bit of a recap. We've discussed the importance of a cross-functional team. And now we just discussed the critical necessity of knowing who's in charge. But you did say at the start, there were three things. So what's that third thing we need to know?
1: Yeah, the third thing, and there's, of course, more, but the third uh, critical thing would be to be clear on expectations. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Well, uh, because of our habit to refer the people as team members who are in an organizational work unit, again, like sales, finance, operations team, this is sometimes how we see our responsibility. So, so we do our thing, um, and we do it well, but that can really be a bit of a teamwork killer.
0: Okay, Dirk, I'm going to stop you right there. We're being rather dramatic today. We had disastrous situations, and now we're talking about teamwork killers What's wrong with people doing their job? Why is that such a big issue?
1: Yeah, and, and Christian, you're right. Maybe I'm getting a bit too excited here, but, but it's really something I must say that that, that drives me crazy when, when I see it, see it happen. And that, that is the proverbial throwing things over the wall. And it really can be a problem. So earlier, let's go back to the example of negotiating mm-hmm. uh, the sales contract. If, if the salespeople think the lawyers and the lawyers alone negotiate the contract, we, we miss key elements of a good negotiation strategy, like building good rapport and really understanding uh, what the needs and interests of the other side are. And and that's something the salespeople need to help us with. And, and on the other hand, if the the lawyers think it's just their job to point out obstacles and find reason why we should say no we have a we have a huge problem also and and so we need to realize that 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 people need to look at their responsibility a bit a bit broader
0: okay dirk i hear what you're saying but is that really such a big problem isn't that obvious for people in those situations where all on the same team will do whatever it takes to get done what what am i missing here
1: yeah Again, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring a bit of a, an example. We have, a, we have a really a narrow view of our responsibilities quite often. And, and sadly, we, we sometimes just have to spell things out more than we should have to.
0: Okay, I think I see where you're going here. Could you just unpack that a bit? How how so?
1: Okay, let me let me take something maybe that we all can uh, relate to. So at the start of the pandemic, we many of us uh, started uh, working from home and all of a sudden you had a whole family who may be working or studying in the same Place and and you have courier companies who now bring a lot more packages and there's more people around during the day. The the garbage need to be taken out uh, a few more times, or they have a bit of a, a bunch up at the coffee machine, and 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 so there are people who walk by that overflowing garbage bin, my, myself uh, it, it included, and I need somebody tell me hey take out take out the trash it's sad uh but it's but but it's true because if everybody thinks this thing is somebody else's job we we can get quite frustrated
0: okay dirk when you put it like that it's it's uh, suddenly clicking for me and you definitely got me there so thinking about in the workplace what's the equivalent of walking by the garbage bin
1: yeah and in a workplace it may actually be the proverbial garbage bin or you know somebody dropped a piece of paper and you walk by hey just just pick it up right and and then there's also clean up after yourself when you're in a meeting room and or you know then just just uh, always good 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 practice but but more, more seriously, maybe my job, say, was to follow up with a negotiation partner. And I may do that by sending them an email and think I've done my job. But no, if, if you don't hear back from them, did you follow up? Did you call them? Did you maybe find somebody else in their organization uh, to respond if they weren't there? And, and that's really what I meant when I said, I need you to follow up. And, and again, sometimes I really need to, need to spell that out.
0: Mm -hmm. And, And Dirk, that is hitting right at home with me with following up with supervisors, it's not enough to say, hey, I just sent an email last week, it's really my responsibility to send the email, the next email, get a call in, and that's how you get the deadlines met. So with that all said, Dirk, we have covered a lot of material for people today, we've talked about understanding who your team is, the importance of knowing who's in charge, and finally making clear what is expected those are all fantastic insights on teamwork. I think we could take to so many different situations and work environments, but right now I need to ask, do you have any final words for us?
1: No, I I think Christian, those are really three key points. There are a few others, but. What I maybe would like to say in closing is we're, we we live and work at a time where where I think we need a bit of a renaissance of, of of teamwork, and the reason is in in business and and other areas of society, things really have become more complex. There is just more technology around. Things are more international. Interests are more uh, divergent. So so if you if you want to get things done, you, you you need really some specialized players, but you need them to play the game as a team, and and that's true for mega projects, we talked about that, but that's also true for more and more day-to-day undertakings. So so my message would be this, teamwork, and I mean, good teamwork is not just a way, a nice way of working, it is a necessary way of working, or to use a bit of a management buzzword, it's a required core competency. And what that means is, it's not just a a nice to have, it is a must-have.
0: Dirk, thank you. Those are powerful words and definitely wisdom we need to take to the workplace. And since we started with sports, I feel comfortable saying this, that uh, I remember having a basketball uh, coach many, many years ago, and his famous line was saying, practice doesn't make perfect, good practice makes perfect. And one of the takeaways I'm getting here is that teamwork doesn't make the dream work, good teamwork makes the dream work. So we need to take these three things you mentioned to our teams, to our workplaces. And I think we'll see real fruit from it. But anyway, we've covered a lot. We're going to leave it there now. Thank you so much, Dirk. And thank you, of course, everyone for listening. This has been the Gemouir International Podcast. And I hope you will join us again next time. Take care.